I'm Rebecca Lavoy, and this is You Can't Make This Up. You Can't Make This Up is the podcast where we uncover the true stories behind your favorite Netflix documentaries and films. On today's special episode, we take a look back at some of our favorite 2021 documentaries and unscripted series from Netflix. Were you swept away by cocaine cowboys? Did you get enough of High on the Hog? Did you want to check in to the Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel? Today, I'm talking to my new friends from some of your other favorite Netflix podcasts and asking what titles they couldn't get enough of this year. We'll hear from Krista Smith from the podcast Present Company and from Scotty Beam and Sylvia Obell from the OK Now Listen podcast. But first, we're off to London for our favorite Netflix UK watchers as we welcome Tolani Shonai and Gina Moore Barrett from the 1010 Would Recommend podcast. Talani and Gina, welcome to You Can't Make This Up. It's so nice to talk with you Hello, guys. Hello, thank you for having us. Hi. I want to hear more about your podcast. Gina, tell me about your show. Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. Okay, let me try and do the elevator pitch. Okay, so 1010 Would Recommend is a Netflix UK podcast uh, that aims to recommend shows, inform people of shows, things that people are already talking about and hidden gems on the service. It's hosted by myself and Tlani, who is a fantastic podcaster, but is also my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, so Tlani also has a podcast called The Receipts Podcast. Um, and yeah, we just basically have fun. It works because we're fret like we're working, but we're also mates. So essentially yeah. we're, just, we're just nattering about TV as you would with your friends. Yeah, it's literally like just someone telling you, have you seen that show on Netflix? And then telling you how good it is or how not good it is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although not me, because I'm like, to my employer, I love every show. On Netflix. Gina's like, every show is good. I'm like, zero out of 10. I would not recommend. They're like, no, you cannot say that. <laughs> Talani, is it okay if I call you Tali? I hear that's what you go by on the yes, podcast. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. So Tali, what did you watch this year that you would recommend? I would love to hear your first pick. Oh, okay. So there's been so much good stuff. And I think one of them that I definitely would recommend is a, um, a documentary called Nail Bummer. Mm. So me and Gina actually did an episode based on it. And we spoke to one of the victims, I think, and also yes. the director. So that was really interesting to actually kind of get into this world. And I think because we're Brits, it's only right that we actually pick a British documentary. And it was mm -hmm. about a guy who was kind of like bombing like, I don't know why I laughed. That was an awkward laugh. I didn't laugh because it was funny. It was it really wasn't funny at all. Mm -hmm. And he was just going around bombing certain cities and certain towns in London. So it started in Brixton. Yeah. And then I think it was Shoreditch Old Street and then Soho. All of a sudden, my neighbour said to me, wow, talent, there is a bag here and I can hear the noise. I said, what sound are you hearing? He said, come and see. So I came out of my stall. And it was going ding, um, ding, um, ding, um, ding. Yeah, so basically his crimes were kind of based on certain communities, which is basically black people, um, LGBT, LGBTQ and Asian communities as well. And he was this, like, just kind of rocked around with a little rock sack, like had nail bombs in it and it went off and they couldn't find him for absolutely ages. And it was just kind of about how the community, like, rebuilt themselves to not just find this guy, but figure out how to be okay after this thing happened. And it's really interesting, especially with Brixton, because you see all this old footage of Brixton and Brixton kind of still looks the exact same. 
Yes. Like the Iceland is still there. Like the Iceland that was in the clip yes. that was like so many years ago, it's still in the exact same spot as well. So it's really interesting seeing it, but then also knowing Brixton as well. Yes, I remember the interviews in that documentary, the Brixton scene. There were those two guys who were selling bootleg CDs on yes. the street. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was unbelievable. I've told this story many times that a crackhead took the bomb out of the bag and nicked the bag. Nah, you're joking me. No way did it happen. Yes, I swear down it happened, yeah. man. Those people are still there, right? Yeah. In that neighborhood. They mm-hmm. still had some people who still lived there. All right. So, Gina, I would love to hear about a pick that you have for me of something you watched on the service this year and loved. Uh, so my pick would probably be, or one of my picks rather, would probably be, uh, and it's a long title, uh, Crack, Colon, Cocaine, Corruption and Conspiracy. I find a lot of, and this sounds weird to say, but I find a lot of documentaries, videos about drugs and sort of crack epidemic really, really interesting. Same. Um, and I watch them both about America and both in the, and in the UK as well. And I just think... Again, it's sort of like the criminalization of the drug and like how it went from a very like, this is for the elites and this is only for people who have a lot of money to it being slightly different. And then all of a sudden this is like in only urban areas and it's like criminalized and, and the black and brown people are the ones that are being affected by it. It was so interesting. It didn't matter how good of a person you were or how well you took care of your kids. All of that goes out the window. You, you won't even realize it because you're so busy getting high. Um, and I think that I see a lot of parallels with a lot of the videos that I've seen in terms of drugs in the UK uh, and drugs like Spice. I watched documentary. I don't know if you've heard of Spice, but um, yeah. documentaries on things like Spice and, you know, the homelessness that's happened in the UK. I'm going on a tangent, but basically great documentary. I recommend everyone watch it. Hmm. Do you know what's really interesting? Watching crack and watching Cocaine Cowboys. We're, we're talking about the same drug. That's the protagonist in both of these shows. But the way it's like looks is so different in those two shows. Cocaine Cowboys kind of like, they're rich and they've got loads of money and they did all these businesses. It talks about the people who actually are selling the drug and crack is the effects people that are actually using it. It's really interesting yeah. to watch both those documentaries and see how crack is dealt with, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you watch Cocaine Cowboys as well? Yes, I did, yeah. Did you like that? I, I really like that. I am like, I have this interest because I'm like, I've lived my life being a good girl, you know? Drugs, don't do drugs. I'm all about that. Here for the campaign. You know, drugs is not cool. Stay in school and all of that. So I am so intrigued by it when I watch it because it's just like, it feels like a world that's so different to me. They were still out on the streets selling cocaine and this began a real theme for them that they were almost untouchable. Like they were walking between raindrops. And that's really the story of Willie and Sal. So to watch Cocaine Cowboys and just see how these two men have like manipulated a system and made so much money and did so much fraud and just all of the like underworld that feels like it goes on in everyday life, but you don't realise it. So now I like walk past people, I'm like, they could be like, oh, like a drug down and I'll never mm. know. I just find it so interesting. Did you have another pick? Um, do you know what? We watched and talked about Britney versus Spears. Oh. What, like, and obviously, I think it came out at the perfect time because it was it was newsworthy. It was happening right now. Two years ago, I began making a movie about Britney Spears with journalist Jenny Alescu. The movie was going to be about her artistry and the media portrayal. And can someone say wow to those dance moves? But the story was also about power and control, full of conspiracy and rumors. And no one would talk until they did. 
we are Britney, like we grew up on Britney, like hit me baby one more time, all of that. We kind of like grew up on it. And then to be honest, before knowing her story, I just assumed she went down the hill that of all child stars go down. Like I just felt like it's just that thing. She got faint too early. So she kind of like wasn't with it. And then to find out that like the betrayal of her family and what her dad has done and, and her, con- con- what's it called? Conservatorship. Conservatorship, that. yes. And like before that, I'd never heard of that in my entire life. Like I, I, didn't, I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. So it was actually really interesting to see how someone that was such a big part of my growing up and see what her life was behind closed doors. We talked about a scene that really hit us both. It's when she was allowed to drive her car for half an hour. Yeah. And we were like, how was that her level of freedom that she was so excited to be able to drive her car and just how much she went through? And then we went into depth about how if there's a documentary that was ever to be made about either of our lives, we don't want any of our apparent friends to talk. Like, just don't yeah. talk. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You can't be that close to us and still do a documentary and be talking about, oh, yeah, and me, I was mates with her in 1992. Mm. No, no, don't do that. Yeah. Did you like Britney too, Gina? Yeah, I really liked that documentary. I, I found it really interesting because, you know, the conservatorship in itself is about, like, taking control you know you're supposed to it's well it was a controlling thing a controller mm. thing for Britney but um it, it it's so ironic I guess that like we have these documentaries that are talking about Britney and I'm like I just can't wait I cannot wait until Britney she's got her freedom now I want to see a documentary from Britney I'm like yeah. Britney you give me the doc that cause I want to I want to hear her. you know what I mean because you know there are so many people that had so many things to say and it was so interesting and fascinating to see such her fan base like I don't know what ha- I w- couldn't even imagine this story without the internet and like that amount of galvanizing people and the ability to be able to do that via Twitter and Instagram and the ha- and the hashtag uh, but I'm dying, honestly dying to hear Britney speak about about it. And that clip, it wasn't in the, do- oh, was it in the documentary? I think it was. That clip where Britney speaks um, about just how terrible it's been. And like, you can hear her voice getting yeah. stronger. It's the voicemail, um, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The, yeah, she's speaking to the judge or something. Was that in the doc or did I see it on the internet? It, it, was, it was in the doc. It was yeah. in the doc, yeah. yeah. Makes no sense whatsoever for the state of California to sit back and literally watch me make a living for so many people and be told I'm not good enough. But I'm great at what I do. That bit is so powerful it's so excellently done even the way that it's put in the documentary like I loved it but it made me so passionate and hungry for a doc that's like Britney's produced I want that's what I want to see next well she said uh the interview of Oprah is coming great yeah so (laughs) so that'll be good hopefully it'll be on Netflix right yeah (laughs) yeah one last thing about Britney, uh, director Aaron Lee Carr told me, and I completely agreed with her, a lot of people say that now that Britney is free of the conservatorship, she's going to spend all of her money. And Aaron Lee Carr said, and I agree, who cares? It is hers to spend. That. You guys agree? I exactly. agree. It's her money. Let her spend it all. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And also, what is money for but to be spent? You don't work that hard. Do all of that to have money to be like, I'm just going to save it. You don't get buried with money. If anything happens to you, someone else gets your money. Let's I just, would be fuming if I died and I had, what, 10 million in the back? I'd be absolutely fuming. Tell me I didn't spend like, all of it. Genuinely fuming. I say to my family all the time, I'm like, don't start a GoFund. I've got accounts. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if anything that happens to me, do not do a GoFund account. Okay, please. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you, Gina and Tal, you guys have been a delight to talk to. I can't wait to talk to you next year about your 10 out of 10 favorites yes. on Netflix. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on You Can't Make This Up. Thank, Thank you. you. 
You can catch more of Tali and Gina's hot takes on the podcast, 1010 Would Recommend. If you've heard the podcast, Present Company, you know Krista Smith gets A-list celebrities to open up about their latest Netflix projects. I got a chance to get Krista to open up to me about what she streamed in 2021. Krista, welcome to You Can't Make This Up. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. So your podcast is Present Company. Tell people who haven't heard about it, listening to this podcast, about your podcast. All right. Excellent. So Present Company is a name I came up with. Uh, I started this podcast like two and a half years ago. And basically, I was trying to think of something like, what am I going to call this? Because basically, it's a long form interview with a subject, uh, a bold faced name, someone that you know, instantly recognizable. So it felt like present company. I'm in the company of them. It, it felt immediate and great. And since then, I think I've done 80 interviews. Everyone from I just had The Rock on to Halle Berry to Andrew Garfield to Charlize Theron to director Adam McKay. I mean, there's something for everybody there. So when you click on it, you're bound to find someone that you're interested in listening to for 30 minutes. I would love to talk to you about some of the things that you watched on Netflix this year that you loved. So why don't you go ahead and give me your first pick for something that you watched and loved? Okay, I have so many choices. This is really like a a hard one. But I have to say, I'm going to go through quickly with the Cecil Hotel. First of all, I'd never heard of the term cyber sleuths. Okay. Okay. So it's one of those things where I watch, I'm watching this documentary and I love LA lore. I love living in California. I'm a transplant, if you can call 20 years a transplant, but uh, I love the lore of these buildings and the history uh, inside Los Angeles, like the Black Dahlia, all these things. I love it. So this is, was made for me, but what I didn't expect to get from it was learning that there's a whole community on the internet that is solving these crimes. I think one of the employees brought her to the roof. I think she was coerced and led up. Who knows, maybe the hotel just didn't want to take blame and just covered it up. It was an inside job. They were trying to protect someone. This is a huge cover-up by the hotel. And once I saw this series, then I kept seeing the term cyber sleuths appear everywhere. So that was that was my experience with that one. Um, I know it wasn't this year, but last year it still sticks with me is cheer. Oh, I cannot one of my uh, one of my all-time favorites. One of my all-time favorites. Absolutely. Tell me why you loved it. Coach Monica. I mean, I have a very strong personality that you could mic if you wanted to. He's Yeah. He might be over the top though. Perfect. Okay. Ladarius Marshall. Oh god. <laughs> What's Ladarius like? Over the top. You'll see. You'll try to pick. Well, there's several that are over the top, but he's way over the top. Okay, so I chased Coach Monica down for present company. She's actually, I did an interview with her and she was a dream. I was so starstruck. People also ask me, like, who's your favorite interview? And I have to say, like, I'm starstruck by Coach Monica. Just those sayings, you know, we're going to practice till we get it right. We're going to practice some more till we can't get it wrong. Um, right. I, I love it. I fell in love with all those characters. I never thought about cheerleading as such an uh, such an athletic endeavor. The discipline, um, just the just what goes into putting these cheers together. I was, you know, I wanted to go to the College of Navarro. I thought it was amazing. 
So I have a question for you about Monica, because she's also one of my favorite people that I've seen on TV in the last couple of years. She's incredibly tough, obviously, incredible athletic ability and pulls like athleticism around out of these uh, kids from around the country. She's also in many ways. And I think I don't know if every viewer sees her this way. I see her as being incredibly warm and maternal to these kids, too. Do you see her that way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a success of the the cheer squad and why they've won so many championships. You can't be uh, a leader without real vulnerability. You know, you have to be tough, but it also has to be an equal measure, your tenderness and vulnerability. And I think, you know, it is it's always exciting when you see someone so charismatic pop off a screen and also just selfishly one of our own sex just to see a woman highlighted that way. Uh, I loved I love it. Well, you have another thing on your list that I really want to talk about because a good friend of mine has been trying to get me to watch it for months and months and months. And that is Formula One Drive (laughs) to Survive. Can you please give me your elevator pitch about why I need to watch this series? Because I hear that it is awesome. Oh, it's riveting. And also, you should know that uh, it's the one series that so many other actors have watched. Like when I talked to George Clooney, I asked him what's his guilty uh, pleasure. Drop. I'm name you dropping here. You McGregor. Yeah. You and McGregor and George Clooney are both like, oh, my God. And Eve Hewson, who's, you know, everyone loves this series. So what I would say to you is even if you have never watched Formula One, what this series will do for you is you you're dropped into the human drama and it is sports. It is still, uh, you know, racing. You're just sucked in to this world and give it give it one episode. And I guarantee you, you will end up watching the whole series. Ferrari are coming on strong in the second parts of this season. They were going so fast that nobody could quite believe it. Red is really going for it. The Ferrari speed is giving Lewis Hamilton a lot to think about. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's riveting. And I've heard that these Formula One cars, they're basically like airplanes on the ground Mm -hmm. and the technology plus the human drama. You learn you learn something, which I always love to do when I when I'm watching something. All right. Give me another one of your picks. Okay, so I have two picks that came out this year. One is a movie called Lead Me Home, and Mm. that is a short doc. And it's about the homeless crisis in California. And these two directors, one was in uh, San Francisco and one was in Los Angeles. And what's amazing about this film is they show you the everyday routine of um, living as a homeless person, like what it's like to brush your teeth, what it's like to eat food, try to shower, do all these things that we as humans have coffee, take for granted every morning. While we have developed a lot of units of permanent supportive housing, we're not keeping pace to the need. I know, you gotta get out. I didn't have money and I didn't have nowhere else to go. So we slept outside for a few days. I made it be like we were camping because I didn't want to just be walking the streets. I'll never, when I drive through Los Angeles, I never look at it the same way. I'm like, oh, there's a fountain. That's what someone's using for that. This is this is when I see those tents and we know you can't live really anywhere in America and not uh, see the ho- housing crisis and the homeless population everywhere. I mean, it's sprouting up and it, even in my home state of Colorado, it was everywhere in, in Denver. But what I really liked about this film is it in a very short amount of time, it challenges you as the watcher to, it doesn't solve any problems for you. It just shows you what's happening and what things are being done to 
solve the situation, what things are working and what things aren't. So I, I thought it was really super thought provoking and moving. And the other film that I love that is it's Tick, Tick, Boom. It's possibly yes. my favorite movie uh, this year. Why wouldn't you have called me to tell me that my payment was late before you just cut off my power? How is how does that make sense? Sir, as I explained before, you received no, no, a notice no, no, in the no, mail. No, 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 listen, listen. You don't understand. I have a workshop. I have a public presentation of my musical in 12 hours. Sir, and and, 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 and there's no way. Voice, I'm sorry. It drops you right into the 90s in New York. And it's when I moved there in, in like the mid 90s. And it was just it's so exciting to see a world without cell phones, a world without Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. You know, they have the lead character. It's um, Andrew Garfield playing Jonathan Larson, riding his 10-speed in his big shouldered leather jacket. It's showing those old Microsoft, you know, those big giant computers. I just loved it. The movie's tremendous. It's based uh, on the life of Jonathan Larson and his first, uh, one of his shows, Tick, Tick, Boom, before he created Rent. And sadly... Uh, Jonathan Larson died before he ever saw Rent performed uh, at 35, very untimely, from uh, a heart ailment that he didn't realize he had. So it's very poignant, but it's beautifully done, directed by Lin-Manuel, and it really takes you through that period in time. And anybody who's an artist or strive to do anything in their life or wants to or still has yet to do it, it's really inspiring. I think it's a wonderful time to watch it, too, because Jonathan Larson was very much inspired by Stephen Sondheim, who obviously recently recently passed away, R.I.P., the greatest, Stephen Sondheim, who was a real mentor to Jonathan Larson and, you know, sent his work around trying to get it noticed. And I just something just so much generosity in the theater community in so many ways. And the Jonathan Larson story is just incredibly inspiring. And I saw that you also had Andrew Garfield on your podcast. I did have Andrew Garfield. And you know what's so interesting about this, uh, about Tick Tick is actually the Lin-Manuel used the video that Jonathan Larson took in his little palm, you know, camcorder of his apartment because he was worried about there being a fire because of the electrical issues. You know, it was like a very rundown apartment building, as you see in the film. And so they had this archive of material that Jonathan took himself. So they built that apartment uh, the books on the shelves, the tapes on the shelves, everything in it is you are walking. Anybody that knew Jonathan Larson, you walked into that apartment and it was the apartment. So, yes. And Sondheim, another fun fact, that recording at the very end of Tick, Tick, Boom of Sondheim is actually Sondheim. So wow. that is the last time you hear his voice is in that last scene of the film. And they use the real tape for that. Well, these are all must-watch picks. Krista, thank you so much for sharing your list with me and You Can't Make This Up. I can't wait to talk to you next year. Oh, so great to meet you. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Krista Smith of the Present Company podcast for sharing her picks. Finally, we go from Hollywood to New Jersey and talk about the best real-life stories of 2021 with Scotty Beam and Sylvia O'Bell from the OK, Now Listen podcast. Scotty and Sylvia, welcome to You Can't Make This Up. Hi. Thank you for having us. So for those who haven't heard OK, Now Listen, tell me about your podcast. Scotty, give me the elevator pitch first. Oh, child. All right. Well, it's a podcast about black women who uh, made the decision fearlessly to 
prioritize joy and love on each other. So that's the elevator pitch right there. Boom. Two girls from Jersey, (laughs) by the way, who are friends in real life, who decide to make their friendship extremely public (laughs) (laughs) and love on each other in public. What we need to do more anyway. Sylvia, anything you want to add to that? Yes, no, that is definitely the crux and the thesis and the vibe. I think what we do is just then do what friends discuss. We discuss what we're watching, mm-hmm. often sometimes on Netflix, mm-hmm. wink, and also what we're listening to or what, you know, Twitter is talking about, what's on our timelines, um, things we're into, all the things. Like it, the episode themes vary. Sometimes we interview, we get to interview other favorite people. Um, black women and celebrities and stars of things on Netflix. And it, when we do, it feels like girl talk always because like we said the vibe is always friendship well with that being said i want to get right into it and hear about what you've been watching this year sylvia why don't you tell me about one of your picks for one of the favorite documentaries or docuseries that you watched in 2021 okay so i am a long time well not want to say long time but i am very much into the selling sunset situation mm, series like same selling sunset <laughs> was uh, a love and passion I found during the pandemic. It was very dark times um, when I heard the first season came out and I just needed something light, silly, and just like, just air, like just effortless, like just my stories, like soap opera fun, but like set with night in the back backdrops of nice homes and, you know, like looks and just drama and like selling sunset gives me all of that. And I guess sometimes they sell homes too, but that's not really what I'm there for. <laughs> but I do like to see the, the homes kitchens. are nice though. The homes are nice. I must say I do like to see the kitchens and the and the the homes I can't afford but hope to one day aspire to. But for me, it's I was very excited when the new season came out this year, just recently, last week over Thanksgiving, and um. I think they're really on to something. I think it really speaks to good casting with Selling Sunset mm-hmm. because those girls are just, they just know, I think they all understand their assignments. But that's you know, the first time Mary's ever heard that in five years. But she's mad at Jason, but not you? But no, 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 yeah, no, no, why is she not mad at me? Maybe you even know the facts. I was living with, I, I do know. but So I'm, you I'm know the timeline. Like, I know the timeline. But, but, she's, but she's having a baby and uh, she's married. She had a baby. You know, right. and, I, and I really enjoy, like, Christine really leans into her villain, you know, yep. and Chriselle knows that she's the angel who everybody's rooting for, and she has started, we've seen the growth in her standing her ground and finding her space and all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, Jason and his brother, Brett, who sometimes seems like he doesn't really want to be there as much as Jason and everybody <laughs> else, they are, you know, they just know that they're the background. They're like, you guys are here yep. for the ladies. We are not hmm. taking up too much space. Y'all have fun and um Mary I like I love all like the girls um Heather Mary um Vanessa the new girl was really fun. I love that they're attempting to bring a little, little sprinkle of diversity in with uh-huh. with Vanessa and um uh it's Amanda <laughs> who I believe is biracial and all of these things but overall I'm just I just love that it's just fun silly drama. I don't care you know yeah. and it's a good time. And we get to see the big houses. And we get yeah, to the big I mean, houses. real estate porn is the show Ooh, all about those. for me. Yeah. Scotty, I want to hear one of your picks, something that you loved watching in 2021. Um, I absolutely loved watching Our Mother's Garden. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it illuminates black families and uh, black women specifically. I feel like my mother intuited what to pull down from spirit 
when my grandmother was passing. It was like in an innate response to the moment. You know, the relationship between, they, they, they shine light on the relationship between mothers and daughters, which is a very sacred one. Mm-hmm. You know, celebrating that history and that bond, you know, is very important and, and so great to have on the screen, especially, you know, when we lack sometimes the history that comes behind our mothers and, you know, that we don't sometimes just take the chance to just do the research. It shows us that we should do the research to know more of our history, you know, no matter how far or how short we should take pride in that history and hold it close to us. So I absolutely mm-hmm. love the stories that were shared on the show. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful. And yeah, that, that was something I watched actually more than once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it very much. It brought a sense of comfort to me, especially somebody who's very, very close to, um, I'm very close to my mom. So I thought that was a great piece to watch with, with your mother um, and about your mother. That's really dope. Yeah, I think too, in a time where some people can't be with their parents right now during yeah. the pandemic, I mean, yeah. I even just watched the trailer in anticipation of this conversation and I was inc- yeah. really, really moved and that's something that's definitely in my queue now thanks to you guys. Yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching that one. All right, Sylvia, it is time for another pick. Something else you loved watching this year. Go. Okay, so I'm back on my silly shit because that's what Do I was it. looking for. <laughs> all 2021 um, because the the world is just chaotic and I'm just looking for escapism. That's where I'm at. So here's why I didn't think, but here was the unexpected thing. Love is Blind Mm. had done so much for me in the the first time. I couldn't imagine that a check-in, just a simple check-in on where the same cast that we saw before was would bring such chaos mm-hmm. and good television into my back. It's, I watched, I, it was like, it was one of those ones I just came across like, oh, there's new episodes to Love is Blonde. It just popped up, like no really marketing to it. Like I hadn't seen any trailers. I was just like, oh, I clicked play. I watched all of them in one sitting. Like I was not prepared. <laughs> I was up until like 2 a.m. because I had to know. Mm-hmm. I had to know why Damon was like this. I had to know <laughs> what, what, like if the girl who, oh man, now I'm like, my problem is I don't remember many of their names outside of um, my girl Lauren and her husband who loves her, <laughs> her white husband who loves her so I much. Love so name? much. Oh my gosh, he loves her so much. <sighs> yeah. Um, love them love that they were still together as long as they were still together I was here for all of the other drama all, right, so I right. was very happy that they anchored my <laughs> hope and love while I just was here for all of the yes. other drama of everybody else yes so this is the reality show where people are like living in pods and they get to know each other and then like they decide that they're soulmates and then they meet each other first time and decide to get married, yeah. right? But yes. then, then you see if the relationship works out, right? Well, so we don't, but I guess the thing is we just saw them decide to get married and that's where it left off. So right. what was great was this gave us an update on how things have been since then. Like only <laughs> two of the couples actually got married, I believe. I know like Barnett, and um, who was Barnett's wife? Barnett and his girl, his wife, and then Cameron and Lauren got married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people got left at the altar, which was wild um, to see. <laughs> and then we got to see how they're doing. And then one of the couples, Juliana, was it Juliana and, and Damon? 
they were the couple that like she he turned her down at the altar but then when we did the catch up they were still in a relationship it's, trying uh, and to he make was it still work. playing her out and he was still playing her and, <laughs> and then it was like the part so when they bring them and then we found out that like other castmates had slept with other castmates on the back end and had connected and so we were hearing about all the things that they had managed to get into in the pandemic I'm like, weren't y'all, nobody was quarantining? Like, I don't know, but it was, it was, so they had the anniversary party and it was all the drama in one space. And I've never been more interested in an anniversary party in my life. Like I was glued to my seat. This is like the sexy corner. You know, I feel like some of our libbers will try to like romance the ones that didn't work out the first time and be like, hey, Hey, would you like to to have a seat with me in the the sexy corner? You're looking so good. That's a good cast. That's good casting. Again, <laughs> Love is Blind. It's great casting because those people know how to make good TV. They really uh, do. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm going to watch the shit out of that show. This <laughs> oh, it's so like, good. how are you getting this so This is supposed to be a catch-up. We're just checking in. And there's a whole new storylines and plots. I'm just... <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, all right. Scotty, <laughs> tell me about one of your other picks from 2021. Uh, I would have to say Hi on the Hog. Oh, that's a good All right. one. Oh my that's gosh. Uh, talking and uh, doing the history behind black a- American food and its roots. Now I'm going to treat myself to some crackling. <laughs> mm. You all hear it across the table? Yeah. I definitely heard it. That candy? Mm-hmm. That's how you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's up right. in too. Oh. We'll raise a toast to our ancestors, elders, ancestors, yes. past, present, future. Absolutely. Hey. Um, a lot of times we eat foods that we don't know the history behind a lot and most of it is soul food so we don't even know where the soul came from and right. so they do the work on like in the research on where the soul comes from its roots all from Africa to Texas what it took to make these certain dishes these cuisines you know so I think that right there was a very great doc. It was a little bit a docu series, um, mm, yeah. a docu series. So yeah, it mm-hmm. was it was ancestral history. It was very enlightening to know the difference between sweet potato and yams because a lot of us <laughs> don't know. I'm including myself. I I'm like I don't even know the change. Y- I was using them interchangeably as well. So that is- yeah, I was like yams is what now? So this time <laughs> we call them candied yams. They're not even yams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, isn't there also isn't there also like a deep dive into the history of mac and cheese? It in the does, show too? and how it came it's from a black deep dive man. We didn't know we needed, but we yes. needed. Yep. And it, I feel like it just definitely cemented. You know, so much of history was stolen from us during the whole slave trade. So I think it's really it was really nice to be able to see a documentary kind of tie back things and give credit for things that we may have not had the receipts or research or the time to research to prove. And even for me as the first gen. To see, I always think it's so interesting to see the food that I know happens in Kenya specifically and how I it's see it interpreted into, here. Yeah. And then the show connecting yeah. that and showing how much we were able to pass down yeah. is really beautiful. So yeah. it, showed, it also made me really hungry, that documentary. Yeah. Right. And it definitely tells it. a story. It tells a story yeah. about our history. So that's really It was cool. shot so beautifully. Oh, man. Wasn't it? 
<laughs> well, Scotty and Sylvia, you guys have given me several picks to put in my queue, and I am going to watch the hell out of all of them. Thank you so much for telling me your favorite picks of 2021. I look forward to talking to you again next year for You Can't Make This Up. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Scotty and Sylvia from OK Now Listen, Tali and Gina from 1010 Would Recommend, and Krista from Present Company. You can check out those podcasts on your favorite platform. And I would love to hear your picks from 2021. What were the favorite things on Netflix you watched? Send me a tweet at RebLavoy. That's at R-E-B-L-A-V-O-I-E. Let me know what you streamed. Let me know what you loved. And I would love to share that on the podcast. For more of my takes, check out my other podcast, Crime Writers On. Each week on that show, we break down the latest in true crime documentaries, films, podcasts, and pop culture. If you like You Can't Make This Up, please rate and review this show and share it with friends. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else you get your audio. And make sure to subscribe or follow the show to stay tuned for all new episodes. And if you like it, share it with friends. You Can't Make This Up is a production of Netflix. I'm Rebecca Lavoie. Thanks so much for listening.